I'm Luka Doncic and this is Locked On Mavericks Podcast. This is gonna be huge. Yeah. 360 in the contract. Never that. I just take the contact. I bring it back. I'm running on the fast break behind the back. Yeah, this that, this that, this that. Jerk with the back. Alright, ready in three, two, <laughs> welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Engstead, media member at MavsMoneyBall.com, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, writer at Mavs.com. Started off for me, Isaac Harris. <laughs> oh, man. Um, well, my, okay, so my night, it's Halloween, and my night starts off with, as far as the game, my wife and I watch Hocus Pocus, which is like my favorite Halloween movie and all this stuff. And yes, um, we've been through this <laughs> and it's literally nine 30. The game's about to start and we didn't hand out like candy this year. Okay. And I know call me a Scrooge, whatever it is. Ooh. Last year we did. We didn't. So I left my, uh, I left my front porch light off and because, you know, I just didn't want people knocking our door. That's we got the universal the sign. If you're, yeah. if you're not from America, the, you know, kids go trick or treating. They go from house to house. They, t- they get candy. They knock on the door, or ring the doorbell. And if the, porch light isn't on then you don't go to that house it's just you exactly as kids sometimes we would go to that to the house just to see because every once in a while there would be one but (laughs) so anyway we're like we turn off we have you know our newborn baby all this stuff no it's not newborn he's like three months old but (laughs) close enough so we're sitting there it's 9 30 game's about to tip and all of a sudden i hear this like i hear this noise outside my door and i'm like the crap and barb like my wife looks at me and i'm like I go, I go and look out the window from like the guest bedroom. You know, when you like kind of creep on your front door, you don't want to like open the front door or look at the front door. So you go to like an angle to where you can see, bro, somebody came up and grabbed my pumpkin and smashed it in our driveway. No, I was so pissed. (laughs) I literally, okay, well I can't, I went and grabbed something out of the bedroom (laughs) and I was like, I'm going outside. And my wife's like, you better not take that outside right now. So I grabbed a baseball bat instead. And I was like, hot. Because I'm like, what if they did something to our cars? And so I go outside, you know, like I'm, I don't know, act like I'm Clint Eastwood or something. Like I'm going to do something. And uh, <laughs> there's nobody out there. Pumpkin? <laughs> there's nobody out there except for a, my pumpkin smashed in my driveway. And it's still there. And I was like, screw that. I'm going back to watch the game. Are you sure it wasn't that band smashing pumpkins that they that's what they do on Halloween? <laughs> so anyway, did the uh, uh, hey did the guy that pumpkin, smashed your pumpkin did he know if if they had uh, a foul to give or not at the end of the game? I don't know. He probably would have known. Do you, do you think uh, he there's thought two people they had in the a foul to give, and so he just fouled your pumpkin? <laughs> well, there's two people in the world that uh, does not know that. And that's J.R. Smith and Wes Matthews. Welcome to the uh, exclusive club. That's an awesome club to be in. <laughs> oh my gosh. What an incredible game. What an incredible game. That's what we're getting into tonight. Uh, we're just going to completely react and talk about this game and we're going to go the full we're going to go the distance. <laughs> the distance. Um the Mavericks lose to the Lakers. Um and no, for you guys asking, I'm not just super happy about it and like Yeah, la- you are Nick. Get face. out of here. Uh, the Mavericks lose 113 to 114. They had a chance, Isaac. They had a chance at the end of the game. Um, but if you weren't able to watch the game last night, this is how the last 30 seconds ended up. Well, I just want to say leading up to that point, I mean, it was just all all Lakers. I mean, it was 
Like I, I want if you didn't get to watch the game, I want them to know that this the last you know five minutes of the fourth quarter up until that point. I mean, it was pretty much all Lakers. And I mean, they it cut it here and there, but the Mavericks never led the entire game. Ugh. They never led. The, the Lakers' biggest lead was 19, and that came in the first quarter. Um, it was up and down, so the Mavericks starters would completely take them out of the game, and then the bench would come in, and then the bench would bring them back into the game, and then again, that same thing happened in the third quarter. This, <laughs> then the bench started playing not as well. And then um, and then, then towards the end, this crazy drive started to happen, and the, the Mavericks' bench, the Mavericks' bench outscored the Lakers' bench Forty-two, or no, no, no. It was, uh, it was more than that. Later, um, well, during the game with six minutes left, it was forty-two to twenty-two. <laughs> That's wild. <laughs> well, at the time left, at the end of the first quarter, um, just touching on a few moments in, in the first half. Like at the end of the first quarter, it's thirty-eight to twenty-one. Like, wow, yeah. what an incredible start again. Like, this is this is a huge thing for the Mavericks right now. they got to figure this out, how to start games, because they're just absolutely horrible at starting games. And, you know, Nick and I are going back and forth about the defense and just, I mean, the the pick-and-roll defense and figuring that out with DeAndre, like, they just they got to figure it Luka's defense, Luka's three court, first three quarters were horrendous. Like, very bad. I mean, on both sides of the ball, he was- defensively, offensively. He was so lost. He's been he's been very bad on defense. Like we we praised his offense and his de- decision making, but this year he has been very bad on defense, as almost as advertised. <laughs> up until the okay, I will take up for him at the end. At the end, he up until some, the end, yes, we, 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 we will defense. talk about that. But he was leaving he was leaving matchups. He was just letting people in the court. There was a Kuzma three out of a out of an inbounds play. Out of an there was an. Ugh, I tweet, he, <laughs> I tweeted it. It was an inbounds play, and when there's an inbounds play, that means one player standing out of bounds. Everyone stops. You get to go find your guy, stand next to him, so that he doesn't get an easy shot. Luca <laughs> was confused as to who was guarding Ingram. Dorian Finney-Smith thought he was guarding Ingram, and maybe that was the maybe that was the confusion. Maybe Dorian was supposed to be guarding Kuzma, but I think Luca was supposed to be guarding Kuzma, and he was completely wide open. And and LeBron just like passed it to him, and he shot it through wide open three and made it. <laughs> That was it's that his, was in the first quarter. Luca's um his offense and defense and that their correlation between the two. He, like he had, he missed his first three three pointers and like I I know at least two and I, we could just said three all three of them were forced threes. We've talked about yeah. this on this pod a lot as far as when his shots not going and sometimes this is my well, probably my biggest criticism of him right now is I think he just falls in love with that step back too too much. And it's almost like I I would almost prefer and like obviously who am I we're just like I'm on a podcast but and he's playing the game but in my preference I would love for him to like drive and get into the paint and open it up to and then break out the step back and not let the step back be the first thing that you're immediately going to in games of trying to just force these three pointers and he I mean a snap of fingers he was already over three from three. And it felt like it was literally in the first like three minutes. Yeah, and you could the the whole LeBron thing, like he'd said the other night that he, LeBron was his idol and all that. It's almost like he was playing, like when you have that uh, that overprotective or like helicopter dad, and like the kid is play, is like playing his like biggest game in like little league or something in front of his dad, and he's like not really nervous, but he's just like. 
He's trying to just be the alpha. You know, that's bad because Luca wasn't trying to be the alpha. But it's just like something was off. And really for the first three quarters, something was off. Like, Luka. watch me shoot my step back, Dad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, hey, I got my step back. And that first one, he didn't even get close to hitting the rim. But And, of course, LeBron, you know, his first basket of the game was a fadeaway one one leg. And, uh, shot and playing Lucas. at Staples against the Lakers is a big deal. I mean, you're in L.A. Uh, people always say L.A. nightlife is undefeated. <laughs> Remember the Warriors <laughs> always came in and lost to the Lakers when they were terrible? <laughs> yes. Um, and in, in Staples Center, I don't know if people know this, but you can kind of tell on broadcast, but you can, you can tell even more so when you're in arena. There's a hidden tunnel. <laughs> there is. There is a hidden tunnel. But they only have lights on the court. The lights are all kind of out in the like in the stadium area and around. You know how like when they show crowd shots of in, at, on uh, in Mavericks games, you can see the people completely clear. Like there's all these lights and it's all lit up everywhere. Like it's the same light all across. In Staples Center, it's just dark across the whole crowd. And so when they show people on the jumbotron and stuff, it's like this overexposed, dark like. <laughs> You know, shattery kind of figure for everybody because they just don't put lights there, and that's what uh, Dr. Jerry Buss he wanted it to seem more like a show. You know, like when you go to a yeah. theater and you go to a show, you have the lights are all on the action, they're all on the players that are involved, and then the crowd is completely in the dark. And so that's it's different. I mean, it feels different when you go to a game like that, especially against Nick's, LeBron. Nick's reading from his like Buss biography right now. <laughs> I actually have Phil Jackson's book on my shelf over there. Um, all right, let's get, let's actually get into the game, though. Um, but let's take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll break down the end of the, the fourth quarter. All right, Isaac. Let's break it down. All right, here's what happened in the last, I don't know, let's go through the last minute or so. Is this uh, is this after uh, Dennis got benched? Yes, we'll talk about Dennis. So Dennis is not going to be part of any of this. So we'll get to Dennis. <laughs> we'll get to Dennis for sure, probably in the last segment. But Dennis is not. Dennis stands will come after us hard. He is not part of any of this. Um, with a minute sixteen left, Luca gets switched onto LeBron. The, the Mavericks are down one hundred and five to one hundred and eleven. Let me add some of this. LeBron asked for this. DeAndre Jordan's on the court, okay? He's got DeAndre's on Brandon Ingram on this play. And he LeBron hollers at I think it was Kuzma or Alonzo or whoever it was that had Luca. He hollers for him and says, Come up and raises his hand and yep, says, Come up. Yep. He asked for Luca. He wanted Luca over DeAndre. Like, that's that's saying something, okay? He wants Luca over DeAndre in the switch. Gets the switch, and then it's it's the island. Okay, Luca on LeBron. He asked for this, and Luca plays incredible defense and gets what you can call a stop on LeBron. LeBron missed the the, yeah. the floater, but Luca did stay in front of him, had his hand up in his face, and had his hand straight up vertical, and did not foul and played amazing defense and to me that one play proves that any single player in the nba can be a good defender if they just focus <laughs> and if they put their full attention on defense and i just don't think no. they ever do I, just, I don't think players really do and i think focus is i think focus is a skill and like players like marcus smart are just always dialed in and i don't think and draymond green and you know guys like that and Kawhi leonard, McGee. Ka- Kawhi leonard doesn't have a dial he's just like you know a robot so he's a robot 
So Luca plays his great defense on LeBron. LeBron misses the shot. Then Luca goes to the other end and, and demands the ball, gets the ball, drives, gets fouled, hits one of his free throws. It's now 106 to uh, 111. Then again, uh, JJ Barea throws. Uh, they get a stop on the other end. JJ Barea throws like this half court sort of lob to, to DeAndre. DeAndre tries to, you know. He tries to finish the play. He gets fouled. He hits both of his free throws. It's now 108 to uh, 112. And then then the last 30 seconds, man. <laughs> Gosh. It's all leading up to this. So Luka has the ball again. 30 seconds left. The Mavericks have the ball. They are down 108 to 112. Luka drives. He, he gets doubled. And this has happened so many times. I, I want to eventually make a video of just Luka getting doubled and making the right play out of a double team because it just happens so often. Luka gets doubled. Somehow he finds Harrison Barnes in the corner. He knows that Harrison Barnes' man is now doubling him. And he, LeBron. And he, right. And he passes it over. He just kind of flips it. He doesn't really pass it. It's just kind of like a underhand like flip over to Harrison Barnes who hits the three and... It's now 111 to 112, and like the crowd is just like amazed. <laughs> and this is what is we've been wild. talking about. Yes. If you are a listener, we we just did it on yesterday's pod. We talked about or two days ago, whenever we talked about this week of saying at the end of the games, fourth quarter, the ball should be in Luca's hands at the top of the key. DeAndre should come up in this high pick and roll, get Lucas in somewhere inside the perimeter, and let him make a decision. We're not saying him shoot it every time, but let him make the decision. That's that should be his role right now. Now, obviously, like some you know people are like, hey, you shouldn't you know whatever. But this this proves tonight was a whole thing like multiple possessions right there. Nick laid out. That's that's a prime example of Luka gets and, into the paint, draws LeBron and hits an open player for a three-pointer. And after after uh like earlier, Luka hit a three right before he that defense against LeBron too. So he hits a three, he plays good defense on LeBron, gets fouled, hits the free throws, then uh then drives kicks to to Harrison Barnes for an assist. This is now three, you know, really good Luka or three or four really good Luka plays in a row. Uh, then on the other end, the Mavs, there, there's like 17 seconds left. The Mavs have to foul. So they foul and, uh, Kuzma goes to the free throw line. He's one of two f- from the free throw line. Dallas calls a timeout. After the timeout, the Mavericks come back with that, that same kind of lineup. Berea, uh, Luca, West, Barnes, and DeAndre Jordan. Berea. Berea. Not- and, and this was a telling moment because this was the game on the line, two point game. And you're like, who who's the ball going to? Like, we know, obviously, y'all know who we think should get it and what the play they should ran that we just laid out. But I I was really curious if like Rick would would do that because Harrison's still out there. Lord, we know how much he loves Wes, and so like I was just I was really curious of especially out of a timeout because this is designed. Of, yes, this is designed out of a timeout and JJ's out there like you know JJ and that trust and everything when they run a pick and roll with JJ. And man, our hearts just warmed when he, he handed to Luca and said, and even Harp and them called about, oh, he's giving to Luca Doncic right yeah. now in the game and guarded yeah. by guarded by Josh Hart, who by all accounts is a is a pretty good defender, uh, not a great defender, but he's a pretty good defender, and he just blows right by him. Like, like people talk about Luca being slow and stuff, and talk about his. Uh, I don't know, I don't know who made this post or wrote this article, but there's a post. 
I think it was on the athletic and maybe it was Jake Kemp. Um, that said, Luca's first step isn't the most like is the slowest, but his last step is the most important. You know, like mm. Luca's last step in a drive. I, I can't remember. I actually don't know if it was the athletic. I'm just so somebody will find that and send it to me. But um, left-handed talk, too. Yeah, where it talks about how Luca's first step isn't the quickest. His, you know, getting to you know some of these guys like the the crazy athletes. Their first step just gets them by anybody. Westbrook, Westbrook, and John Wall, or and Dennis too is like their first step just like gets them by any single person. They're just boom right around them. But Luca is kind of more methodical. He just doesn't have the foot speed to get past somebody. But he makes his steps count, and then he ends. The way he ends is how he gets separation. Like that. This in, on this play is how he did it. Um, and the angles in which that last step is like, if you really want to dive in deep into like a, an article or something is, I mean, the angles in it, because that last step can result in a lot of times it results in him fading back and like this, like slow-mo fade back while the defender, you know, like keeps on while the momentum for the defender keeps on going and he kind of floats it back and then shoots it. It can obviously mean like a, you know, a quick layup. It can go forward like that last step can go front back sideways and like a euro step like it, that's you know it's crazy how much he can do with the with the footwork at this age so everything's looking up for the mavericks <laughs> they're they're lakers are missing free throws they're not defending uh luka gets the ball with seven seconds left and drives straight past josh hart and gets a floater like isaac said uh kind of leaning just like he does the body control the way that he keeps his balance he got the floater to go ties the game 113 to 113 Derek harper he went there the mavericks are gonna win this game lakers don't deserve <laughs> to win this game mike the oh ultimate, snap the ultimate like, announcer oh, jinx like okay Hart. <laughs> like harper's is going in lakers don't deserve this win oh, seven God. seconds left Oh, sign me up, Nick. Let's go. LeBron. Hey, LeBron with real the ball. quick. Did we have a foul to give? The Mavericks didn't. The Mavericks had been in the bonus at this point for eight. For, for like two hours. Eight minutes. Eight game minutes. Oh, not God, eight man. real time minutes. Eight game minutes. The Mavericks have been in the bonus. They've been in the bonus forever. And by the way, I know probably most of our listeners know this, but the bonus, sometimes like a while ago, I remember I was confused. Like, what is the bonus? What does that mean? The teams have a certain amount of fouls that they can give. If they're over five fouls and a quarter, they go into the bonus. And every time somebody gets fouled after that, even if it's not a shooting foul, that's when they go shoot one free throw. If they make that free throw, then they shoot another free throw and they get that free throw. So they're in the bonus. So any, any foul of any type, whether they're shooting the ball or not, is going to result in some type of free throws. The Mavericks were the Mavericks were in the bonus, so any kind of foul that they were going to give was going to result in free throws, and that is what you don't want. You Both wanna, teams you wanna, were, have been in the bonus for a long right, time. Correct. On top of that, like that. Like it it slowed the game down so much because both teams were both in the bonus. So like that's just like ingrained in your head, like, oh crap, this has been going on for a while. Yes. (laughs) Yes, very, very yes. Uh game time is only two hours and twenty minutes. It seemed like it was a lot longer than that. It did, yes. Um so LeBron has the ball, obviously. The Lakers inbound to LeBron, he barrels down the court, and Wes Matthews intentionally fouls him. He had it had to be an intentional foul because he does not just he does not just try and poke at the ball. He goes for his right arm that didn't have the ball with with Wes's left. So Wes pokes at LeBron's left arm with his with his left, 
So he pokes there, and then he goes around his back with his right arm to try, and either he was trying to poke the ball out with that hand, or he was, but it looked like an intentional foul because he slowed up. Yeah, there's no way to defend that play. There's no, like, there's even, no way. Even if you're going for the steal, that's a bad decision. Yeah, like, you can't be that aggressive, and obviously, it's a bad decision if you think there's a foul. Because if he was <laughs> going for get. the steal, that would have been the biggest risk. <laughs> you know, he just com- yeah. would have been completely beat after that by you know the one of the greatest athletes of our generation. And so he fouls him. LeBron goes to the line. He misses the first. <laughs> Kobe would have made it. He misses the first free throw. And he had just recently, what game was that where LeBron missed those free throws? Come on. Where, yeah, where he's too scared to like, come get on, fouled Le- again. Come on, LeBron hater. Where was that one where he missed the free throws? I, uh, I can't remember because like, that was the same one where he like um, he was too foul- too scared to get fouled again. So he like pulled up or like he did something else because he didn't want the late game free throws. I remember that. It was against the... The Spurs again. Then the Spurs. It was like a hunt. It was an overtime game, and LeBron misses free throws that they would have won the game. So this is like deja vu all over again. LeBron goes to the line and he hits the second one. JJ Barea tries a, a a pretty good attempt. He got all the way to the the three point line on the other side, and uh, and jacks up a shot and misses it. But man, you have to wonder like. Would we still be watching the game right now? Because <laughs> they would have gone into would have gone into overtime, and then who knows what's going to happen in overtime, um, man. So that that's how the end of the game went. And uh, when we come back, right. oh, you want to say something before we take a break? When we, when, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> Eddie, Eddie Sefko Eddie talked to Wesley Matthews after the game okay. about the about the foul. And this is quote for quote in the Dallas Morning News. It says, Matthew said he knew that the Mavericks didn't have a foul to give. He was guilty only of being overly aggressive. This is quote for quote from Matthews to Eddie Sefko. I shouldn't have put us in a spot for that to happen. So yeah, it was the right call, Matthew said. I knew the situation. I wanted to make a play. I was ready to make a play. Can't put us in a position to make that call. So he was going for the steal. <laughs> Radio silence for me on that one, bud. Did you want to take a break right now for another ad? <laughs> yeah, we kind of didn't. We just take one. Um, yeah, let's take a break. When we come back, we'll uh, we'll lay into Wes and uh, we'll talk about Dennis. All right, Isaac. So according to that quote you just gave us. He was going. He was being to, aggressive. He was going for the steal. <laughs> now, I just published a uh, a video on my YouTube channel, uh, Nick Van Exit. You can go look at it right now. Why are Mavs fans so mad at Wes Matthews? And this is my one of my theories. And t- today, I think this game completely encapsulated this theory that I have. This ten percent theory on Wes Matthews. And I'll just com- I'll quickly talk about it. I believe that Wes Math that ten percent of what Wes Matthews does is t- awful. <laughs> terrible and it comes at the worst times and it looks so egregious and so awful it's these isos he had another one today it was it was one but he had one earlier in the game where he just tried to iso on who who was it guarding him ingram oh the one i sent you yes oh it's brutal i forgot who was guarding him, but literally they spread all four other players 
out on the perimeter, including Dennis Luca and whoever else you want to throw in it, Roy Tarpley, mm-hmm. and they put them all around the in the perimeter and said Kuzma, and and literally West just ice literally an ISO out in him doing a dribble move, driving it to the paint, and then he just like scooped the ball and it just went straight out of bounds, <laughs> straight out of bounds. So there's plays like that that just make it seem so ridiculous and so awful that it negates all the good things that he does. In this game. He played a really, really good first three quarters. Yes. Like he was hitting. I tweeted out like multiple times because yeah. I'm in my mind, I'm like, he deserves praise for this. Yes. At halftime, he had 16 points, six for nine from shooting. Like at halftime, like he had played really well. And there is a, there is a, a like a mindset too to where you have to tell yourself the Mavericks would not be where they were at at the end of the game if it wasn't for Wes Matthews in the first half playing the way he did. Like, there's a mindset for that. You got to give him credit for playing that. It's just like, there's things that you're okay with and things you're not okay with. Are you okay with him missing a set shot three? Absolutely. Are you okay with him? ISO and it out of everybody, no matter how good he's playing, <laughs> ISO and everything out and pushing everybody out to the sides. Absolutely not. So that's the, but yeah, for three quarters, I, I thought he played really, really well. Yes, he led the team in scoring at 21 points. He was 8 of 15 from the floor. That's 53%. 4 of 10 from 3, 40%. That's, this is exactly the type of game that we talked about him having, that we, we want him to have. The only starter in with a positive plus minus by a long shot. He was a plus 9. The other starters, DeAndre Jordan, I mean the next closest to him was Luka Doncic at a minus 13. De- <laughs> yeah, DeAndre yeah, finished at minus 14. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, DeAndre finished at minus 14, Harrison Barnes minus 21, and Dennis Smith Jr. at minus 29. We'll talk, but, we'll talk about Dennis yeah. at the end. Um, so, Wes Matt, he had this great game, and then this last play where he was just a little too aggressive, didn't play it safe, didn't, you know, he was trying for the big, he was trying for the big <laughs> steal, apparently, at the end. And, and that's what negates all of the good things that we saw him do throughout the whole game. Yeah, you know when when we first got on Skype and Nick and I were just throwing different stuff at each other, that was the first thing we talked about. I was like, man, yeah, I, there was a scenario as, as fiery as I've been about Wes Matthews, I like I actually kind of felt bad for him a little bit because he played so well and like Twitter and myself and us like we've all been all over him uh, for the start of the season, but he played so well and then this one play at the end of the game that cost the team the game. Uh, kind of erased the past three quarters in which he played really well. And then it turned, I mean, tonight more than ever, he's getting blasted probably more than any point of the, the early season. And uh, I'm like, man, like he actually played a really well game up until uh, that moment for the most part. So gosh, it's yeah. I mean, it's, it's very, very frustrating for sure. And I don't really know what else to say about that. I mean, I want us to talk about the bench unit. Yeah, the bench unit played really well. They were all positives, and uh, JJ Barea was plus twenty eight. It's like they almost switched. Like you know, the past like what game or two, yeah, it, the bench has been struggling and stuff. And tonight they switched, and they were all. I mean, playing Maxi. I mean, how God like this dude? He keeps on he balling blocked, out. He off the Brandon bench. Ingram at the rim, which is so difficult to do. Brandon Ingram has insane go uh, go gadget arms, and honestly, yeah. when Brandon Ingram. When Brandon Ingram lays the ball up, and I've watched all their games, and I've watched all of his games, he takes the ball almost on his shoulder, and then he rolls it out 
like almost like a finger roll with his entire arm towards the basket, and it's impossible for any player to get to. I mean, I've seen him go against every center in the league, and just like to to roll that ball out like that, and Maxi blocks him. He blocks LeBron. (laughs) He's got that like what Salah has that I loved in Salah is like he will challenge anybody and he'll go for it. He doesn't like business decisions. (laughs) That LeBron play, I mean, everybody was just standing there watching. Like it looked like it was just a little simple LeBron layup, and he just comes out of nowhere and blocks it, and then JJ knocks it off LeBron's knee to go out of bounds, and it's just his hustle and like he has great timing to block shots and super impressed by him, but. Yeah. I, I want to say this real quick about play calling. I made this note, and it, it affects everybody. So it's just the general concept of play calling. It seems like stuff is like predetermined sometimes. You know, like I use Joe Flacco a lot because obviously I watch Raven game all the time, and I, you know, I, I have this love hate relationship with Joe Flacco because he won us a freaking because ring. You don't even know how to pronounce his name. I say I'm gonna forever say his name that way, and it's not right. But here's the thing. It's it, ki- it kills me when things are predetermined, and it's like a quarterback when they know before they hike the ball, I'm gonna throw it across the middle to my receiver. I'm gonna throw the out route. To the, it. Yeah, and it's like they they know it. They're they're gonna throw it either way if the dude's open or not. And there's just different plays that you watch in the game. Like like West came off this like screen at the top of the key tonight, and it's like it's clearly a play that they ran. And a design play. And it's like he knew no matter. And he shot this ball right in somebody's face. And it's like no matter what is happening, I'm going to shoot the ball. And it's like it just reminded me of like a predetermined quarterback saying, hey, we're going to run this play. And I don't care what happens. I'm going to shoot the ball because that's what the play designs for it to happen. Yeah. And that that stuff gets it gets frustrating. sometimes. you can you can see that that happens more than more than once. But yes. keep on. But but yeah, the bench unit um, with Maxi and those guys. But I mean, really, it's the the JJ Dennis thing was became a story tonight. It became a story, and um, so Dennis Smith Jr. played a very bad game. <laughs> um, he was two of nine from the floor. He hit one. He hit his one only three that he took. Uh, he had three assists and three turnovers. So that's not too bad. Uh, he was a minus twenty nine. He just didn't have it. He just didn't have it tonight. The things he was Lon- trying to Lonzo do. Lonzo outplayed him. I mean, Lonzo's pretty good, but yeah, I mean he's good. I'm just saying. Yeah, it's like, he was being guarded. I, I say that because they're in the same draft class and like all that. He's being guarded by Lonzo, and Lonzo. If you guys haven't watched the Lakers a lot, and if you didn't watch this game, Lonzo is a legit six <laughs> six. I mean, Lonzo is he he hunches like kind of like Luca does when he plays, so you don't realize how tall and how long he is, but he. He towers over Dennis. I mean, he just looks they he looks like a wing and Dennis looks like a small guard next to him. And so he's, he's gotten thicker too. And and he's he's put on a lot of weight this summer. It's been a huge thing for him. Uh he didn't play a lot over the summer. He was cuz he was uh recovering from that random injury that he had that people thought was him trying to not get traded this summer. <laughs> and yeah, so he came that. in he came into the camp. He's kind of playing himself into game shape and he's been doing that over the last couple of games and he's played really well over the last couple of games he's started he started over uh, rondo and that's that's a that's a big deal for for luke walton and them um but he's also a great defender and he he made it very hard for dennis tonight um and dennis man showed a lot of his weaknesses <laughs> you know when he doesn't have uh when his jump his mid-range jumper's not going and when he can't get around somebody to go to the rim at will um it kind of shut the game. Kind of shuts down for him. He 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 was playing very very passive. Like there's yeah, shots that he that has. Like 
in especially in the first half, there's shots that are there. Like there, it, there's a mid range shot there. There's floaters there. He just he just doesn't have that confidence. He just ha- doesn't have um, that really mindset of saying, "Hey, I need to take this little you know like ten foot shot. I need to take this little floater that Luca takes and stuff." Something like, like how many times tonight did he get into the paint and then he just dribbled around, kind of like Steve Nash, but like he's not Steve Nash. Yeah, but not with a purpose. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. He should do that drive under the basket thing and have like exactly you know, Amari cutting to the basket or something and dish it off to him. But I think where he need where it finally broke down for Dennis with four minutes and 49 seconds left, he waves everyone off. The Mavericks are down. Um, not too much. It was like a hundred, it was 110 to like 98 around that at this time. Dennis waves everyone off, drives into the paint, just this wild drive that had no shot <laughs> and turns the ball over. And it, and, it didn't even look like he tried to pass it to anybody or even lay it up. It was just this very weird, odd decision, and it's just—it's one of those ten percent plays. I mean, Dennis has them too, um, yeah. where it was just completely—you know—did <laughs> not make any sense. And- well, I made a note. I made a note before that at the five-minute mark, they had a timeout, and they came out of the timeout, and the they ran a play, and it resulted in Dennis on the left side of the court. And Lonzo was guarding him, and it resulted in him just doing a step back jumper, like mid range jumper, long two, and he missed it. And it's like something is up with that. That out of a timeout, it results in a ISO step back long two from Dennis that he he misses, and like that. Like how many times when you watch Boston or whoever it is, like out of timeouts, like it's almost a guaranteed bucket, and it results in that. Is that a, a Carlisle thing? Is it a they just didn't run the play or the play, play broke down and that's what happened? But those last few possessions that you're laying out with Dennis, like there is even one. I don't know when it happened when he missed like the like three footer, like the one handed like little three footer yeah, right right at the goal. He comes after this, um, but then on the other end, this is. Yeah, so this is this is that play that you're talking about. So then at, right after that play, LeBron has the ball at the elbow or at the free throw line, and Dennis comes in to help, and he forces LeBron into a turnover. He gets the ball. He swipes at the ball. So you love that he's still being aggressive at that point. I love that play. He just he, he sees LeBron shows the ball behind him. He, like, you know, rip, you know how you rip the ball in basketball? You're supposed to rip it to your hip. LeBron just, like, ripped it over his, like, over his left shoulder and Dennis sees it. He goes after the ball. He swats at the ball and goes, dives to the ground, gets the ball, uh, forces a turnover. And then he goes all the way to the other end and he had a bunny <laughs> at yeah. the rim. He could have honestly jumped off two feet and dunked it, <laughs> but he doesn't. He I just- honestly think that that's what he needs. I almost tweeted this out. He needs a monster dunk. Yes. He needs something to just like, I feel for him right now. Cause it, I mean, he has to be beyond frustrated with everything that's happening because yeah, Outside of that game winner and like the Minnesota game, or yeah, the Minnesota game, and then, um, yeah, he's had he's had some quarters, you know, where he's had he's been really good, but he hasn't strung together like a whole game or even a whole half, really. Where and it's just not coming easy for him, um, right now, and so he misses that at the at the rim, and then, um, man, then there's a timeout with three minutes and fifty five seconds left, and we never saw Dennis again. And who did they put in? They put in J.J. Barea. Put in J.J. Barea. Back, uh, was it the end of the summer or preseason was, or whatever it, was it is? before the season. I think they had played a preseason game, maybe two. And I threw out the idea at the end of a podcast. I just threw it out there. I said, there is this, like, 
I'm just going to say this and I say like JJ Barea, I want to see what JJ looks like with the starters and that his game better suits the starters than that. And that's only, I'm not, does that say I'm giving him Dennis? Absolutely not. Like there's people on Twitter right now, Mavs Twitter is like saying, what's, what could we trade for him? All this stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm not there at all. Like let's, we need this experiment to last way longer than seven, eight games. I think Dennis can still be a really good player in the league. It's just there's obviously going to be some big growing pains. And it's not – these are not just normal rookies that you're putting together. For for the most part, I call him Dennis is still a rookie. They're not just two young pieces that you're throwing together for the most part. It's not a, um, it's not a big man and a – and a young guy that you're just like throwing together where they have kind of defined roles. You're taking – I mean, people question whether James Harden and Chris Paul could work together and they are like 10-plus year vets. You know, like they've been in the league for a long time and they play at a high level and all this stuff. Now you're at, now you're asking a 19-year-old and a 20-year-old to figure out the same type of chemistry that the 10-year vets, you know, that who are MVPs of the league for the most part and James Harden – that they figured out it's just it's going to take time but going back to the summer one of our biggest questions for this whole thing is as this season plays out and it's going to take a while it's not going to be a short-term thing for them probably can dennis and luca work can dennis be the second piece to luca and right now obviously you look at it from a a macro point of view and saying it's not working right now but you got to give it more time than seven or eight games and I you know there's not much said about tonight because yeah Dennis was a minus 29 and JJ Bray was a minus 20 I mean was a plus 28 and Rick obviously benched Dennis Smith Jr. for the end of this game and went with JJ Bray I mean that is that's huge <laughs> I know Dennis rides with the hot I mean uh, Rick rides with the hot hand sometimes and different units and stuff like that but when you bench somebody like Dennis Smith Jr. For JJ Brea, that's sending a message that is um, a bunch of different things, and they got to sort through that and figure out how that's going to work. The Knicks game coming up on Friday should be a good. If they lose that one, the DefCon uh, level goes up for sure. Um, I think what we I think what we learned about this Dennis and Luca thing after the first eight games. Now we're eight games in. It's going to take longer than we thought. It's going to take longer than maybe we not not that we had thought. Maybe it's going to take longer than we hoped. Um, it's not going to come super easy. They're fit together, so that's what I think. That's what we've learned. We, I'm not giving up either. On I'm not giving up on Dennis. Not giving up on you know Dennis with Luca. But it's just going to take longer for them to try to figure it out and for Dennis to try and find himself right now. Yeah, and we're going to talk about this game again tomorrow or for uh, Friday's pod. So uh, don't think that we're letting like DeAndre Jordan's defense off the hook because I want yeah. to talk about that some uh, on uh, tomorrow's pod. I want I want to talk more about why JJ fits with this starting unit compared to like how Dennis is playing and what Dennis could reflect of JJ in that starting unit stuff like that. I want to talk more about like Luca and like how he struggled in those three quarters. And- <laughs> I want to talk about how people. Uh, players keep overthrowing Dwight Powell on these lobs, and he ends up like, like, like almost like he's trying to, to climb catch, up the he's goal. Trying to catch a touchdown pass in the end of the in the back of the end zone, where he tries to keep his two feet in bounds. Like it just seems like he's doing that. Um, yes. So we'll talk about all that. But guys, thanks so much for listening to. Hey, uh, I want to ask you real quick. Oh, okay. <laughs> get off. This is my last thing. Okay. What did you think about? Because this is a reaction thing. It's yeah. not really a breakdown. 
What'd you think about Luca and LeBron's jersey? Did you like it or not? Loved it. Loved it. I'm totally okay with it. I'm not one of okay. these people that gets There's mad. a weird part of it that, that you're in the middle of fighting in a game and a, your player, Luca asked LeBron during the game. Eddie Sefco said, Luca asked oh, yeah, LeBron during the, during, the, during the game, can I have your jersey? And then after the game, after you have a heartbreaking loss, people's going to come at me for saying this, but after a heartbreaking loss, you are outside of the opposing team's locker room laughing and are like smiling and getting that jersey. I, I know it's your idol. I know all that. But I could see where it could rub some people the wrong way, a.k.a. Wes Matthews and, you know, some like fans to where, hey, like, there's – I do, I let's don't let's really just say like, pl- I don't really like the asking in the middle of a game thing. I let's just say players like get Dirk Nowitzki's jerseys all the time. Yeah, like yes. I talked to some staffers last year about how many players get a signed jersey from him and how many players ask for that and get that set set up. And it normally happens between like PR teams and like stuff like that. And to where it happens after the game is very discreet. No one knows about. It. We never know about. It. We never see it in the hallways. That play. I've never seen a player waiting outside the Mavs locker room. You know, like that. Uh, I'm just saying I don't really have that big of a problem with it because it is somebody like LeBron and you know we love Luka and stuff like that. But I'm just saying if you're a listener and you did take that the wrong way or like it like oh man that like after a loss after all this stuff like that's kind of uh, I could see the team whatever I, I feel you on that I understand both sides of it that's all I'm saying. All right, sorry David Locke guys thanks so much for listening to Locked On Maps. Peace out. Boom. <laughs>